What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here, and I am here with Lauren Saunders Bay. Lauren is a business mentor who works with ambitious, heart-driven business owners and entrepreneurs. At the age of 28, she left her career as a high school art teacher for a life of entrepreneurship and has built two full-time businesses by implementing mindset, marketing, and manifestation strategies that actually work. Her experience and massive success has allowed her to coach business owners all over the world into full-time entrepreneurship, and she is here with me to kick some ass and tell you how to do the same. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait, and I, uh, I can resonate with not uh, used to sucking at business, and hopefully now I don't. So, <laughs> Any day now for me, man. Any day. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with our teacher. Well, first, mm. tell me about how you got into being our teacher. That is, a, in my head, it's a fun idea, but it's paper, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, being an art teacher was really fun, um, and. Okay, I guess I'll go back and sort of tell my story and where I've come from. So. Uh, I was always someone that was very creative by nature. I love anything to do with creativity and art and just, you know, bringing things from idea into fruition, including businesses. But at a young age, that looked like arts and crafts for me, and I excelled at it. And I just remember very early on, and in fact, as early as grade five, thinking, you know, I have to figure out what I want to do with my life. That's what we're told, right? What are you going to be when you grow up? And I think that we really kind of are fed this expectation that we should figure it out. First of all, by the time we're like, what, 11 or something, which is just ridiculous. But also it's like, you need to choose a path that makes sense for you. You need to choose a path that's going to allow you to make the money that you need that, um, you know, is considered successful. And for me, what made sense was, teaching because I, I loved art and it was just, I was always someone who was like sharing things and stuff like that. And I probably was told by a couple of teachers that I would make a good teacher. I don't even exactly know where the idea came from, but it was just all of a sudden I was like, Oh, okay. Everyone's deciding what they are going to be when they grow up. And I guess for me, I'm going to be a teacher. And so it started there and it was just like this snowball effect where I just didn't, I was never asked to question it after that. Like, is that really what you want? And on top of that, I think I always had this story of limitation in terms of what we could reasonably expect to create with our lives. Um, I have an older sister who 
went into business and uh, she was always sort of the brainchild of the family. She was the 98%, you know, uh, average uh, student in grade 12. She was valedictorian. She went to the best uh, business school in Canada. And to me, she was the person that was going to do big things in our family. And I was not the 98%. I was the 78 you know, student, except for art. I always excelled in art and it kind of saved me in that way. But I just didn't ever consider that there might be something more in the cards for me. And so I went to uh, university. I got my art degree. Then I went back, uh, I took a year off in between, I went back and got my teaching degree. And after that, after my five years of school, I moved to Australia and I taught there for almost three years. I did uh, a bit of sort of substitute teaching, but also I had a contract at a special education school. And uh, so after just short of three years, I decided to come home. I wanted to be close to family. And when I got here, I started applying for jobs. I'm in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I started applying for jobs and it's really difficult to get full-time work or at least it was pre-pandemic you can actually they're actually desperate for teachers now which it's funny how things change but uh so i managed to get a part-time job working two days a week at an all-girls school in toronto and this was in 2015 uh the fall of 2015 i believe and uh so i started doing that and i i didn't want another part-time job. And I thought, what could I do that would enable me to make the money that I need? Because two days a week of working is not good enough um, or not enough rather uh, in order to, you know, not have to find another part-time job. And maybe just while I'm working on getting a full-time job and teaching all the while, there was this part of me that really, it was like when I came back to Ontario to kind of settle down, if you will, I had a lot of anxiety around the idea of like, if I get a job, that will kind of be it. Like I'll keep that job for the next 40 years. And I had gone to Australia to avoid, you know, settling into a real life. <laughs> um, and so I had this inner intuitive knowing that like, there just had to be more for me, but I was still filled with, you know, you're not an entrepreneur and you didn't go to business school and this is what's realistic. So I started actually my first business and um, it was on the side of teaching and it was an eyelash extension business. I had had a friend in Australia who had a business uh, that she did really well at. And I thought that's totally something I could do. I'm good at fine detail work. I didn't have any history in aesthetics, but it just really intrigued me. So I threw together a business when I came to Toronto and it was just meant to be a side hustle, but within a few months it really exploded for me. And uh I, it just taught me, you know, not only that I was capable of making money on my own, but that I really preferred it. I loved the possibility that came with it. I loved, you know, making my own, just living life by my own design. And while it was never something I wanted to do long term, it just showed me that, you know, you could be an entrepreneur. And long story short, after about a year and a half, I started teaching other lash artists um, how I had done what I did, which was build a successful business very quickly working from home. I started a Facebook group that grew to be about 15,000 people. Um, and I launched a couple of programs that taught what I knew. And so that started quickly making me more money than um, I was making doing lashes. Uh, and I left teaching after about a year of growing my coaching business, I left my first business behind and started just helping other entrepreneurs online. And uh, today, now it's about, that was probably two years ago. Yeah, two years ago in January that I went um, full-time in my coaching business. Now, I pretty much exclusively help 
other entrepreneurs who are also wanting to go online or who do have online businesses, coaches, course creators, uh, to grow and scale their audience and income. And I do that predominantly not, I do talk to people a lot about marketing and action taking in your business, but I speak a lot to, um, mindset and manifestation and the, what I call the aligned way of building a business, which is understanding that your energy, your thoughts, your emotions, and the things in which you focus on in your business are dictating the results that you are or are not getting over anything else, more so than anything else. That's a hell of a story. I know. I, I just went on and on and on. Thank no. you for listening. <laughs> really good story. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, and I'd love to hear more about it, is yeah. what was the catalyst that made you take the leap from uh, you have this lash extension business? It's going really well. It's not something I thought I'd be doing full time, but there's just not enough here to keep me going. So mm -hmm. I'm going to pivot. Well, yep. Can you talk about that moment? Yes, actually. Thank you for bringing that up because I uh, had started investing in quite a bit of my own self-development. I was taking seminars with a company here in Toronto and I had what I refer to as my spiritual awakening, if you will, which for me really just looked like all of a sudden understanding that there is so much more to life than what meets the eye. And all of a sudden knowing that there was truth behind what everybody talked about in regards to the law of attraction and manifestation, things that I had previously completely written off and thought they were woo woo. And I didn't live that life previously, but I, I just all of a sudden woke up and knew it to be true. And I became a woman on a mission to really get to the bottom of, you know, how it is that we create our reality with our thoughts. And that gave me permission. I realized I can have a million dollar business if I want. I can create anything. There are no limitations. It doesn't matter, you know, what my background is or where I came from. All that matters is that if I can get my beliefs behind me having a very successful business. And for me, it was, I really wanted freedom. That was a kind of a tangible reason as to why I wanted to not have physical clientele and wanted to work exclusively online. But I also was very and am very driven by potential for uh, expansion and unlimited possibility. So uh, I left lashes behind because I saw just, I mean, I, like I said, I'm very creative. And so my online business allows me to really embrace that. But also I'm just making way more money doing this. I'm reaching more lives. It's just, it's like my soul's work. And my lash business was just a stepping stone towards all of that. Love that. And it, just in my own experience, that is right where I was too. I had a business that I, I ended up hating, but, um, I was very much also a person who did not believe in a lot mm -hmm. of things. It was just, it sounded too... Too good to be true. <laughs> but also maybe just, I don't want to give up control. I don't want to let go and just kind of believe the process. Like, I want to see work. I want to mm -hmm. see, like, I am working towards this. And I think that for me, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it too, when I converted, I guess... <laughs> yeah, I like that. When I started listening to, I don't know, Abraham Hicks or yes. learning more about manifestation, I, I realized that it wasn't about giving up control exactly. It was about, how do I put it? They had this, Abraham Hicks had this segment about someone was um, talking to Abraham saying, 
I, I, I want to make a million dollars and I, I believe it's going to happen, but I don't like, it's not just falling in my lap. It's not, it's not fair. Why isn't it like this happens for other people? And Abraham was saying like, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. You go on the path. Yeah. You still do the work. It's just, it manifests because you do the work. And so yes. I think the for me, that was the moment that I was like, Oh, okay. It's not about just, sitting down and expecting millions of dollars. Like it's yeah. about doing the work, but knowing that the work is going to be successful. Yeah. Do you agree? Is that? that Absolutely. Um, and, and I love what you said about the path, because that's what I, that's basically when I talk about the aligned way of doing business, I have a, a podcast, it's called the aligned entrepreneur. That's kind of my brand. And the aligned entrepreneur method is align yourself with what it is that you desire you know, a million dollars in your business or whatever, even just being full-time. That was what I first was focused on. I wanted to be hitting 10K months so that I could go full-time in my business and travel. Um, So I aligned myself with that. And by that, I mean, I was envisioning it. I was imagining it. I was speaking about it. I was scripting as if it was done. I was visiting that reality emotionally, you know, in small ways each day. And from there, allowing and expecting the path to show itself to me. And that was when I had the idea of I could teach other lash artists online the things that helped me to grow my business. And I could, you know, reach people from all over the world. And it was like that idea was born out of my desire and my request with the universe, if you will, of having a full-time online business that really had the capacity to be as big as I wanted it to. And it was like the path I, I showed up, I hired the coaches, I put all that together. I created the group, you know, it, like there was massive action taken on my part, but it was like all of it I felt guided towards. And for me, I think the biggest difference that law of attraction or I often say law of creation, I kind of believe in like all the quantum physics side of things. Um, what, what it, the difference it made for me in my business was not like, or in my life really, it was not like, oh, I'm just going to sit back and watch all these things happen. It was instead when I, when I take the action, I will be supported. And there, the only chance of this failing is up to me. So I used to live in a world, and I think most people live in a world where there are things that are outside of our control that dictate our, you know, reality. And the truth is, is that there really isn't, or there isn't at least it only goes as far as you allow it to. So this year with COVID, you know, I, uh, I watched many people struggle in their businesses, but I decided that it didn't have to mean, if anything, it, it could mean that I would make more money than ever mm-hmm. in 2020. And I did. And I, you know, because I got to choose that I didn't allow it to be the reason. So I think with law of attraction or manifestation, it's just understanding that you cannot fail unless you allow yourself to, because the universe is just responding to your thoughts and that's it. The universe is not saying, yes, you're manifesting and you're aligning yourself with, you know, going full time in your business, but there's a pandemic going on right now. So I'm not going to give it to you. It doesn't, it doesn't go that way. It also doesn't say, oh, you're aligned with making all this money, but you only have 300 followers on Instagram. So I'm not going to give it to you. It doesn't matter. I've watched people with 300 followers on Instagram make 50 K months, you know, because that's what they're aligned with. So there's just no rules. There's no, it's just all a reflection of what you choose to be true. That's what you're getting evidence for. How do you start coaching someone to fully believe that it's happening and not hold on to skepticism? Um, So I often say that I uh, don't require people 
to fully believe. <laughs> I've never really figured out to have my full belief behind something. And I don't think that it's necessary. And I think that that messaging in the world of manifestation is quite toxic, where it's like, just have unwavering faith. It's like, we're human beings. Like, we're going to have doubts, you know, and that's fine. Um, what has really helped me is education. So reading lots of books, listening to people who have done it before me, getting into circles where it is normal for people to create their realities, like really infiltrating your life with this information because your subconscious will accept anything that you repeatedly feed it. So if you're feeding it information around manifestation being real, it's only a matter of time before you really do start to believe it. But also... I think the thing that really had me convert, as you say, was understanding that this isn't a like this is there's so much science to back up manifestation. And the world's leading physicists are talking about manifestation on a quantum physics level or on a on a, you know, a, like a very basic level, molecular level, we are manifesting, it is what's happening. And so once I started diving into that, I realized it didn't have to be this thing I just magically believed in. And until that point, I wasn't able to get myself there. I couldn't believe in it just because somebody told me to, I needed to understand this is what's actually going on. There's science to prove it. Uh, and the more that I've educated myself, the more I just know that I create my reality with my thoughts. I think that in my own experience, it came down to, it can't be that easy. And I know that sounds really reductive, right? Like it sounds like it's not actually easy, but like you're saying like on a basic molecular level. And I, I was trying to think of the book that I read that said that too. And I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that was the book that was so important that I can't remember the names. Okay. <laughs> that, um, that just spoke to me on a, like a scientific route of just, yep. there are these energies and not like woo-woo energy, like, like you said, but like just there's electricity and there's yes. the way that you move these things. Is yes. How it works. And that was just like mind blowing to me and just, Oh, okay. It's not about it being easy and just having blind faith. It's about, understand like yes. said, educating and understanding and knowledge right? is power exactly yeah literally right like yes. <laughs> exactly yeah electricity have you had people or yourself go too far and i guess how i want to put it just allow blind just going on the other side of the spectrum, I guess. I'm just allowing, thinking that the journey will happen, but I'm not going to do anything to be a catalyst for it. And then, like, act as if, well, I'm going to go spend a bunch of money. Well, that's not what this means. And, you know, just kind of going in, creating yeah. a toxic route with it. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, honestly, in the very beginning, I did that. <laughs> um, not, I was taking big action, but I, I was leaping before I was trusting that the net would appear. So I always say leap and the net will appear. And that's really how I grow my business and create quantum leaps for myself. But what I learned early on is that if you don't have the foundation for belief and belief is just something you program in. So you can create any belief within your subconscious through repetition. But I had not programmed my subconscious for trust that things would work out for me. So I hired a bunch of big coaches um, I really got myself into a lot of stress early on because I went into debt, which, 
you know, and it was all like a perfect unfolding. Looking back, it really lit a fire under my ass. I gave myself no, like there was no other option. There was no backup plan because I had to <laughs> make enough money to be able to pay, you know, like a, a, a job was not going to help me get out of the situation I'd put myself in. Um, so I don't have any regrets over any of it. But I would say like you want to have I would say 60% belief that when you are taking a certain action in your business and perhaps it is a risk, so to speak, that you've got that 60% foundation of like things always work out for me or I'm taken care of, I'm safe. If you're going to take a big risk that scares you and it's going to spiral you into a pit of anxiety, like that's not a good because the universe will just give you more of what you're focusing on. So I took big risks financially. I mean, Hey guys, Megan here. How are your conversions doing? Are they maybe a little womp womp? I am here to help you with this exclusive free training about two phrases you can use that just boost your conversions like kapow. But there's a catch. It's totally free, but you have to get it in my Facebook group. That's the only place it's available. So to join Join my Facebook group. No. <laughs> Joining my Facebook group is totally free. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Megan Brain. Once you join, you'll be able to get access to the training that shows you two stupidly simple phrases you can use to add oomph to your conversions in your marketing. It's going to blow your mind. And I am so excited for you to check it out. Again, facebook.com slash groups slash Megan Brain. I'll see you in there. I could even talk about risks being just a sort of concept, but I took big risks financially. And what it did was have me start fussing or, or fearing, you know, more debt and focusing on the debt and, and having all this shame around it. And so I just kept until I stopped myself, I realized one day I was like, after a few months of like this downward spiral, uh, I realized one day, you know, I'm really doing a good job of manifesting. I'm just focused on all the things I don't want and I'm getting it. <laughs> Right. So the universe is not going to swoop in and save you. Like you have to save yourself in your level of trust. Right. Last month, um, I hired a, a coach that's 60 grand for the next six months. That's uncomfortable for me. But at this point, I just I just have like there's not been a moment where I thought, should I have done that? Or what if I can't pay her? I just know that the universe shows up for me. But if I didn't have that level of belief at this point, then I wouldn't have hired her. That wouldn't have been a good idea. Right. Um, So, yes. And I think, too, that it's like if someone's it's almost they think it's from trust that they're or the belief that they're taking those actions. But if you really look at the root energy behind you know, going super into debt or whatever to start your business, is that actually coming from abundance? You know, like really looking at where am I coming from with spending this money? Debt or whatever it is can be a a great asset. I'm super grateful for debt in my life and the things it's enabled me to do. But you just always want to look at where am I actually coming at with this? And uh, is it actually, does it actually leave me feeling really abundant to go up and run up my credit cards and say I manifested all this stuff? Like, no. Does that answer that question? It does, absolutely. Okay. It brings an excellent next question, which is how do you coach people to mitigate debt while having an abundant mindset? Yeah, oh, I love these questions. Um, <laughs> I would start by by changing the story that you have about debt. We're told that debt is bad, that we shouldn't have it. Certain kinds of debt are fine. You know, you could be $500,000 in debt for your house, and that's a good thing. People celebrate you. They give you gifts. <laughs> 
But if you have $20,000 debt on a credit card, it's all this shame and significance around it, right? And so we want to look at like, what is the story that I have about debt? Because mine used to be for a really long time, and it was just what I inherited growing up. You know, um, my mom still has a real story about debt and how bad it is. Um, But the story I had was that it was really, really bad and that I should be ashamed about it. And I had been reckless. I had been reckless and not responsible. And I wasn't doing the adult thing and all of this significance and like not even wanting to tell other people that I, I mean, I think the most debt I ever had, and this was like school loans, credit cards. I had a line of credit, um, $50,000 total. Uh, what helped me shift out of that was deciding that it wasn't a problem, right? Deciding that, In fact, if it had not been for that debt, I probably wouldn't have gone to school. I probably wouldn't have gone to Australia. I definitely wouldn't have started a business. I wouldn't like all the things that I value most in my life in terms of the things I've been able to do, debt enabled it. And I grew my business quite quickly because of the type of help I was able to hire. And I did that going into debt. I don't necessarily recommend it if it's not going to feel good for you. But anyway, so change your story about it. Now, these days, I am so grateful for debt. I see it as being a a huge tool, an asset that I have access to, things I can invest in and choose to pay them off over time. That's all debt is, a decision to pay something off over time. I actually recently had sort of a revelation of, I'm going to stop calling it debt and start calling it credit because the bank is just choosing to give you credit that you're going to, you know, pay it back later. Like, thank you. That's so nice of you. I really appreciate that, you know? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, just change the story that you have about debt. Not stop seeing it as being bad because at that point you get to stop resisting it and it's the resisting and making it wrong that creates more of it. And then a tangible um, example, or sorry, not example, but step people can take is set up an auto payment for, I would say weekly or biweekly of even a small amount, even if you can part with $10. And I had my brother start doing this and it was $25. I think it was every week. And he was like, I don't, I I don't have that money. Like he's a musician, you know, I, what if it's not there? And I said, you know what, just set it up and just see if that money every week before it, it's scheduled to come out is there. And if it's not, you can cancel it. But what he found was that with setting that intention, the money was always there. And then he, through that one action, his story about it or what he was focusing on went from, I have all this debt and I can't pay it off to I'm making payments. It's going down. It's going mm-hmm. in the right direction. More money started coming in. He started booking more gigs. He like tripled his income, you know, because he changed his energy about money. So that's something really small people can do is any amount that you can have it start going on your debt. And all of a sudden you get to start telling the story of, and the story that you're telling is the one that's manifesting about any given topic in your life. Um, the story that you have at that point is I am paying it off, you know, slowly. It's I'm seeing, I'm seeing changes in the debt. It's going in the right direction for once. I'm able to do this and see what shows up when you make that small shift. It will be substantial. I love, I love that so much. I love the idea of it's not debt, it's credit. And it is. Yeah. It, it, you're right. Changing the story is the key for that. So much shame and oh, it's ridiculous. It, 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 and I've been the same way too. Like I had, I think like forty six thousand in debt, and it was just like terrifying. Yeah, yeah. To become a husband, I was terrified to like, and I just no, that's not the story that I want because it's not working. Well, and you know what's interesting is like the biggest businesses and corporations in the world have the most debt because. Mm-hmm. 
they it's an asset. That's how they do business. They, you know, build a building with a giant line of credit and then pay it off later. <laughs> like that's just but obviously and it's not seen as being it's seen as being successful. Good for you. You have a, you know, trillion dollar line, not trillion dollar, billion dollar line of credit. Like awesome. Wow, you must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. Let's leapfrog off that into uh, limiting beliefs. What do you think are signs that people are suffering from limiting beliefs? Well, we're all suffering from limiting beliefs <laughs> because every belief, every thought we think is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, <clears throat> I mean, the way I approach limiting beliefs is when I'm setting a goal for myself in my business the beliefs that are not serving me that are perhaps in my way or limiting my ability to manifest that goal will make themselves known for me to me. So if it's, you know, I want to have um, my first, well, right now it's my first hundred thousand dollar month. That's my, my goal. That's what I set into motion at the beginning of the year. And immediately what came up was limiting beliefs around how people view me and how I wanted to be viewed of like, I don't know if people actually see me as being, you know, Lauren, the seven figure boss fit, like it was all this stuff around self perception and how I was showing up and not wanting to be like too visible, you know? Um, so I had to kind of look at that, but that didn't really make itself known to me. Another limiting belief I had was that I was going to make people feel poorly about themselves. You know, um, if I'm going to be super successful, the people in my life are not going to feel the way about themselves that they deserve to. And I didn't really know that was there until I set that goal. So you don't need to dive in. I think there's this, this, you know, train of thought that is, I have to uncover every last limiting belief before I can have what I want. And that's not true at all. The only limiting beliefs you have to work through in order to manifest whatever it is that you desire in your business, if it's an amount of money, whatever, uh, are the ones that are you will become conscious of them simply by setting that intention. And the best way to do that is to set an intention that scares you and see what comes up. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that it's wiser to set a small intention or to go big and just what the chips already made? I think that there's um, small and small goals create small results, but also in my experience, I manifest like, so if I'm familiarizing myself with the possibility of a $100,000 month, the more I play around in that possibility and that energy, the more something like 50 grand in a month just seems so doable to me. So, and the other thing is, is that with a bigger goal, you're forced to align your actions with it. So I decided on a $100,000 month. Out of that came a decision to hire a coach that specializes in that. Out of that came all of her coaching around like, well, you need to charge more for these programs because they're not aligned with where you say you're going, you know? So it's like all of your actions will align with whatever goal you're working towards. So I think, and the other thing is, is with manifesting, letting go of the how is a really big part of it. And if you are setting too small of a goal, you're immediately going to, well, how would I make that happen? So for me, the biggest sort of aha moments or money-making ideas have come when I set a goal that I did not know how to hit. And so I had to let go of how am I going to get there? And that's when those really game-changing ideas just flooded in. So I would say go bigger, but don't go so big that you immediately say, well, that's impossible. Like you have to, some part of you has to believe that it is possible. And you might do that by 
just seeing other people around you that have done it or finding people like hearing the stories of people like you that have done it before. Mm. What kind of I guess, checkpoints do you utilize to make sure that you are staying on the path towards your intentions? Checkpoints. I don't know that I have checkpoints. Um, yeah. I don't know. Could you give me an example? I guess. So if, you have this goal of $100,000 a month. Oh, I see. And it's week two. How are you checking in with yourself to say, like, mm. am I setting, am I going the right way? Am I gotcha. stopping myself from success? Like, keeping, just keeping in check with yourself. Yeah. So I should be clear. When I say $100,000 a month, that's not, like, in January I am, like, trying to force it, right? It's, like, I'm going to do that at some point this year, maybe in the first six months, maybe in the first three months. I don't know. Um, so it's a commitment to that goal and an allowing of the unfolding of it because it's likely – my biggest month to date was, like, a $34,000 month. So it's likely that I'm going to have, you know, a 50, 60, 75 – who knows, right? There, or maybe not. Maybe I could just jump right there. Like, it's all possible. But um, I guess my checkpoint is – I am, I'm always lo- like checking in with myself. Just you become someone, and I'm sure much of your audience resonates with this, who monitors their thoughts, their emotions on a regular basis. Um, and I'm always aware of what is the story that I'm telling again? Like, what am I affirming to be true? What am I just like saying is true? So I realized I set this goal for $100,000 and almost immediately what I started saying was, it probably won't happen this month though, right? And it's like, so that was almost giving me permission just to play smaller this month. And then I looked at like, well, why not? You have a big launch coming up. You could, like, it could totally happen, but not if you're telling yourself that it can't. Like, what, is there anything anywhere that says it's impossible? No. Have other people had that kind of leap before? Yes. Why couldn't I do it, right? So just checking in with myself in that regard, but also I think it's really important to like allow you know, it's not, I'm not aligned with a hundred thousand dollar month. There's, there's days where I'm like, who the heck do you think you are? This isn't good. You're, you've told everybody this and now they're watching and they're waiting for you to fail. Like all that comes up. I think it's just like, I always say, choose what your goal is or your intention is and keep choosing it. That's really manifesting is not, oh, I decided to make 20 K in a month, but it didn't happen. And so now it's done. Like, or I talk myself out of it and now I'm not, it's not going to happen. It's choose it again choose it again, choose it again. Like, so it's just a process of continuing to come back to that thing that you said you wanted um, and letting your ego do its thing in the meantime, which it will. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately it will, whether you yeah. like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, when someone is ready to get a coach who's going to take them to the next level, like let's say that they've had coaching before Mm-hmm. didn't go that well or I know <laughs> the conversations with people where they were like it felt like a money like a MLM or something where it's just like you just become a coach and then you talk to coaches and things like that and so there are people that have bad experiences with coaching but yeah. they realize that there is value behind coaching so how do you start a conversation with someone who has someone who knows that there is value but has been burned with how do you help those kind of people? Yeah. So first of all, in my business, I don't ever, 
I don't have any tricks or tactics around convincing anybody that does not feel that feels super icky to me. If someone's not like a hell yes to working with me, then they shouldn't work with me. You know, um, I know that that goes against like pretty much every marketing book that there is out there. But that's, again, <laughs> the aligned way of doing business is one where it's like you just trust that the right people will come in terms of someone that's been burned before. There is a reason why that happened to them. So we really are manifesting 100% of the time. And that doesn't mean we have to take responsibility for every bad thing that happens to us. But we always want to look at like, why did I create this? Was there a lesson I was calling in? Was, was I really ready to take full responsibility for my business? Because here's the thing in hiring a coach and where a lot of people go wrong in choosing their coach is that they think that in hiring a coach, there, that coach is going to guarantee their success, which nobody can do for you. And it's not like, ugh, I just hate any kind of handholding energy. It, it, it's not anybody else's job to build your life and your business, but you. And like, I'm paying my coach, you know, a pretty obscene amount of money. It's not like, it's not like, like I talked to her maybe once a day. We have a call sometimes once a week. Some weeks I go without. Like, that's kind of it. I'm in her mastermind. Um, the reason I hired her is more that, I wanted to be in her level of belief around what was possible. And that's really where at a higher level coaching, you know, should be geared towards is like, whose energy am I stepping into? But anyways, if you've been burned before, <clears throat> I would first look at what did I learn out of that? Make again, change the story that you have about it. Don't let it be, well, I had this bad experience. And so coaching is just not for me because maybe you're going to have a coach come along who could completely help you like, help you completely transform your life and business, blow up your business. But if you're not going to allow that in, that would be like saying I was ghosted once. And so I'm going to be single forever because screw this. I don't want any part of it. Right? Like, no, you got to open yourself back up to the fact that there's lots of people out there who are not going to do that. And now if anything, you have more clarity than ever around what you want and who you get to call in, in your business. And then I just think developing our intuition as business owners is the most like invaluable tool that we can invest our time into. Um, because for me, it's like my soul knows <laughs> my soul knows. And I follow someone for a while and I'll watch all their content and I'll see, they usually don't. I like to take people by surprise when I'm like, Hey, I'm ready to work with you. And they're like, who are you? And how did I manifest this? Because I'm like kind of leering in the background and I'm watching and I'm looking at their, at their sales page and whatever. Um, and I'm just deciding like, what does my intuition want right and i would never make a decision around a coach based on one thing that they said you know or the level of copy on their website it's like a much bigger energy thing so i would look at if you've been burned in the past what did that person teach you what did you learn about yourself what were you focused on at the time because if you were expecting to be let down guess what people will give you what you expect 100 percent of the time um <laughs> and then how can you use all that to open yourself up to something much better that is going to serve you and allow people to surprise you because there are incredible coaches that have the capacity to empower you to blow up your business and your life, but you have to let it in. Mm, love that. It's a perfect way to say that. When do you recommend people come to you and what kind of work do you like them to have done ahead of time? 
Yeah, well, I um, I have a few different programs. So I'm about to launch one that is for people that are earlier on in their business wanting to create courses and programs online. Um, and it's like you could be literally brand new to your business or you could be a ways in and perhaps you've offered courses and programs before and had a sale here or there or making, you know, a thousand to two thousand dollars a month, but wanting to take that to the next level. So that would be that's like a three month group program that I have. Um, my one on one program is for people that are at five to ten thousand dollar months and are looking to scale into twenty and thirty thousand dollar months consistently. Uh, and later, actually, probably just in March, so a few months from now, I'll have a mastermind that's for people wanting to go to uh, 20, 15 to 20 K months. So most of my my higher level, if people want to actually like work with me one on one or in that capacity, that is going to be um, for people that are established at this point. My my program I'm launching later this month is kind of going to be the thing that is available for people who I mean, I still work with people in it. It's just more of a group program. We have group Q&A calls and things like that. It's a lower support program. But for someone just needing the semantics, you know, of like not the semantics like the you know what I'm trying to say, like the basics of growing your email list, perhaps starting a Facebook group, knowing what to offer and to who, nailing down your message, the thing that's going to make you successful, um, writing copy, all of this kind of stuff. I do have an offer for that as well. But yeah, predominantly, I'm at this point helping people scale into multiple six figures. Well, if people have more questions, what is the best way to get a hold of you? How do you prefer they get they do that? Uh, I do a lot of, I'd say everything kind of comes together on Instagram. Um, but I do have two different podcasts. One is called the aligned entrepreneur, as I said, and then I've got a podcast that's just about manifestation mindset, self-development with a friend of mine. It's called the low and Zo show. Um, and those would be the main places, Instagram and my podcasts and people can message me on Instagram. I share all the things there and I've got a website. It's all linked in my bio. And know that you've got to get out. So, before we go, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want people to know about? Um, yes. Okay. I think for our business owners listening, especially since you, the, the name of this podcast, which I love, want to really look at what is the thing in your, essentially, it's all just about your level of belief, right? If you have a lot of belief in your business, you're doing well. If you don't have a lot of belief in your business, or you're focused on what might not be happening, uh, or what you're worried about not happening, you're fearing failure a lot, that's what you're getting, right? So the best change I ever made was approaching the things I was offering from a place of already having confidence. So I'd actually launched a couple of courses before the Lash stuff that had one sign up, maybe no sign up sometimes. Uh, and it was because I didn't, I, they were about manifestation, they were more general courses. And I didn't really have my belief behind somebody paying me for that. At that point, I questioned being the coach for those people. So early on in my own journey, even though I really wanted to teach it, but I, once I started speaking to lash artists, I, my, what I call my way of being just like, you know, my level of conviction completely changed, right? I was I knew what I brought to the table. I believed everybody should be listening to me. I thought they were crazy if they didn't. I had so much conviction behind what I was offering that it was impossible for people not to show up. It was impossible for me not to be super loud and proud about what I had to offer. So in your business, if if you're putting you know products, services out there, how can you approach developing those products and services in a way that is so true to you that you can't help but feel good about it? Because if you're questioning your product or service, 
other people are going to as well. If you are sold on it and sold on yourself, other people will be as well. It's really as simple as that. That is a perfect way to end this. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. And you ask wonderful questions. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're natural. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Megan. Welcome. Hey guys, Megan here. One thing before you go, I would love to answer your questions on the next Q&A episode. All you have to do is go to meganbream.com slash askmegan and you'll be redirected to a site to leave your questions for me and hopefully get on the next episode. I do them once a month and I am excited to hear your questions and hopefully help you guys out. Again, it's meganbream.com slash askmegan. I'll talk to you guys soon.